Hey, you. Yeah, you, the visionary, the one with a big idea that's going to change the world, the impact-driven, heart-centered entrepreneur, the one who is ready to make a change. I'm talking to you. If you have been finding, if emboldened to ignite this fire in your belly and bring your heart and your soul together, the biggest gift I could have ever asked for is for you to hit that subscribe button, for you to share an episode or two, or I don't know, 17 when we have them with the friends who you find could, who you believe could benefit from this information, from the wisdom that's shared from our sisters thus far to spread the word to ignite the flame that would make my heart so happy. And I would be eternally grateful. It could, it would be the best gift ever. And if you're best sitting back there wondering, Hmm, how else can I enjoy Angelica's energy? Here's your invitation to join the Fembolden Facebook group. It goes far beyond the podcast. I offer tips, tools, and a lot of free content, including masterclasses, channeled messages, all sorts of goodies, all within this free community, Fimboldened on Facebook. Wanting to work one-on-one with me? Might I suggest plugging into an Akashic record reading specifically for you, where we dive into your records for 60 whole minutes. There is some coaching included around what comes up for the Akashic records. And if you're ready to just dive right in, I have only two spaces available a month for one-on-one coaching and healing attunements. If this is for you, feel free to reach out to me, angelica at angelicapascone.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your takeaways, where you're at in life, and tell me your vision. There's your invitation. Enjoy today's episode with Farina. Welcome to Femboldened, a podcast where inspiration meets aligned action, where science meets spirit, and where you've landed to enliven the bold within you. I'm your host, Angelica Pascone, women's empowerment coach, specializing in helping heart-centered, high achievers like you shatter their personal and professional self-built glass ceilings. Get ready to awaken to your truest potential as we dive deep into the emboldened stories, wisdom, and medicine of our fellow sisters to energize you into living your bold. The question is, are you ready? Let's get started. Emboldened. Hello, Femboldeners, and welcome to today's episode with Farina Santos. Farina is a multi-passionate creative entrepreneur with a heart for riding waves and writing words. When the surf season is high, you can find her out in the lineup, lineup surfing, surfing her heart out. If the waves are taking a break, you can find Farina up in the mountains on her family's farm, deep in nature, animal care, and a perpetual writing retreat. She's writing her first book. Farina is also a coach on a mission to guide conscious creatives to transform fear into freedom and build a life by divine design. Ooh, I have the chills. Welcome, Farina. How are you? Yay. I was like going to do a little cheer coming in because I have been really waiting to be on your podcast. So it's really my honor to be here, Angelica. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's a pleasure to have you. 
I, Farina is calling in all the way from the Philippines. You're going to hear the nature and the crickets and I am here for it because that is, I mean, that's my, that's my tune. Those are my jams. What is alive for you today? Sorry, alive? Alive. Yeah. So what, what's um, festering? (laughs) What's exciting about today or what's on your mind today? What kind of shifts? Because I feel like we're a different version of ourselves every single day. So who are you today? Mm. What is going on today? What's exciting? What's alive? The first thing I wanted to do was like, where's, where's my journal? I was like looking at, all right, where's my journal? What happened today? So today was particularly, (laughs) it was particularly crazy for me because I woke up at 4 a.m. So Mm. right now it's the evening time, as you can hear the crickets. I woke up at 4 a.m. And, you know, people our age, you know, if you're guessing my age is around almost going to be the big (laughs) 3-0 pretty in a few months. We don't normally wake up at 4 a.m. Because I'm a millennial. People usually wake up around like, you know, you can guess the number. And I usually don't. Today was particularly something about having so much clarity that the moment I woke up, and it wasn't because we have newborn puppies here in the farm. I was, they have keeping, they were keeping me up for like a week now. But today I figured out that how to make them sort of enjoy the wee morning hour so not the puppies I just woke up with having so much clarity about what I need to do mm-hmm. and that was unusual for me this week because it has been incredibly rough just getting work done so mm-hmm. that question is so timely because today of all days in the last seven days this day was a day of so much clarity and so much productivity just because I allowed myself grace for three to four days to do completely mm-hmm. nothing nothing the sort of imagined to be check off my list if you know what I mean oh yeah no and it's interesting because I feel like my my clarity moments and my inspirations come in the middle of the night you know, two, three, 4 a.m. Right now it's because Ezra needs a diaper change at 4 a.m. But, (laughs) but yeah, I, I'm with you there. And it's, it's interesting what happens when we really allow ourselves, just as you said, to take space without internal, internal pressure, right? Cause you can, you can relax, you can chill, but if you're worried the whole time, well, I need to, you know, in the coaching world, we're always worried about, I got to write a post or I have to be visible. And if you're not enjoying the relaxing part, then it's really no different than if you were working. So once we allow that space, it's amazing what comes in. You need to make space in order to call in what you're asking. Oh, definitely. And I also want to put this kind of word of like disclaimer too, that it wasn't a joyful ride as we're talking now. Like, wow, you can actually be calm and zen Mm. and without... How, checking those things off your list for the first like two days it was like it was good but then the third day came and I'm like I'm still not productive quote-unquote mm. and I've really had to kind of like take a step back even not be on social media often especially for us social media is kind of like the platform where we're supposed to be on because you know it's our marketing it's where we're supposed mm. to be like all this level and all this so it was just I like you said you know be okay with that space 
of not being the usual high performers that you know we know ourselves are and also as women being okay with i guess you know easing into that feminine flow like mm-hmm. there are weeks that don't usually look like the high performing weeks which are always expected of us like you know me i've been a corporate woman we're always i always ask myself why am i not the same level of like that like high performing person that i used to be from week 1 Week two is different. Week three looks different. Four, you know, so it was being okay with this waves and ebbs and flow of, what do you call this? Productivity, high productivity, low productivity, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, speaking of this, and, and and this is something that I, we all, I, I, I guess I'm overgeneralizing here, but most of us feel and experience as entrepreneurs. Uh-huh. I'm curious to know, you know, in the, in the, United States there's so much culture around being productive, being successful, working your ass off. I mean, it was interesting. I I was just upstairs um watching a commercial for a local lawyer and the commercial was all about how he stays up till over past midnight to help his clients and I'm like I don't think I'd want to hire him. Like I understand like he's feeding into that culture of I'm better because I'm working more. I'm curious what that yeah. if there's a similar culture in the Philippines. What what's that like? Is that something that you grow up with? Is is success something that's driven hard right away? First, I just want to thank you for asking this question with particularly with particularly what do you call this? um the culture that i'm growing up in right as a philippines like particularly doing that and i appreciate that extra effort to highlight that and the philippines i don't know if you know our history but we have been colonized by a lot of different countries um from spain 3000 333 years and then the japanese and then finally the americans you know not in that order okay i'm not the best in history but <laughs> some we were <laughs> yeah but we and i am currently reading this book about um how our cities and our culture had been how, how our cities were planned and structured and we're pretty much trained to be little brown americans in history mm-hmm. right so i think from our colonizers the main colonizers the first one Spaniards and then came a little bit of Japanese influence and American influence which is really a lot clearly seen in the way our cities are built our educational system how we speak really good english compared to our own i mean i'm one of those people because that's how we were trained and so pretty much success especially like for 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 me i have parents or i think they're boomers i think they are <laughs> Success is very driven in the way in worldly success. You graduate top honors, go to the best school and then graduate, find the find the, the best job and climb the ladder. You know, that was how success was viewed for me growing up because that's how I was raised, that's how my dad viewed success, like my mom and Apparently I didn't fit into that mold um of success. I tried because I thought that was the only way to work, but it somehow, you know, going 30 years of living, I just realized recently that I didn't have to try so hard to fit in. Right? So, I think in a way we have the same thread that there's this perceived idea of success that we have to, you know, like kind of like fit ourselves in. 
it may differ a little bit from country to country, but you know, there's that, like there's that kind of like instilled, I guess, um, you know, growing up, we have the, like to fit in a certain way, live a certain way, um, even marry a certain person, <laughs> you know, or be married at a certain age, right? And I am not hitting it all like those things at all for me. So, but the thing is, I don't view success like that anymore. Yeah. What a clincher. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So, so, and I, I identify with this story as well, you know, graduate top of my high school class, go to college, do well in college, get a master's degree, get a second master's degree, start job as a, I was a physician assistant. So I was in medicine and then, and then I got married. I mean, I love my husband. He's my life partner. We've been together for many lifetimes before this. And then I'm, then it's like, shit, this actually sucks. Like not, not my marriage in particular, but like, hold on. I followed, I followed the recipe that I was promised at the end. I get happy. Where the F yeah. is my happiness? So what, at what point oh did gosh. you did yeah. you realize, oh shit, this this recipe for success, this pro- this promise I, I that was instilled in me from really from the day that we're born? When did you wake up and you're like, this is not, this is not how I this this isn't where I get happiness from. This isn't what success is to me. Mm. I love that. I love that you also said like you were, you were in the medical, you know, the medical field, right? In the Philippines, these kinds of professions, the ones that, you know, you have to get licenses, you're either a lawyer, a doctor, and a medical mm-hmm. nurse, like these, um, these um, professions or careers, they're the ones that are highly priced because quote, they bring the most money, the most prestige, like you get a lot of stuff, initials before and after your name, you're like, and I, I didn't, I am not one of them too. And so, but I did work at a really good corporation back then, climbed the ladder, thankfully knew that I wanted to get out before I put myself way into deep. But the thing is like, as I chased these goals of, uh, and these visions that I thought would make me feel happy because that would, what that was what success was for me. Like at that time it was, get promoted. I got promoted. I didn't feel happy. I'm like, is it going to be like this if I get promoted? Like, yeah, I get a little raise, boof, and uh, lots of responsibilities, poof. And then it's, it, just, it didn't feel like something changed. It was like, I'm very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then so I'm like, now I'm going to take control over my life. I decided I'm going to pursue writing covertly. I mean, I'm going to pursue surfing under the disguise of writing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I said I was going to write her, but actually I was a surfer writing. So there's a lot of that backstory in my blog, my website. But, you know, like I needed to have something to show actually being a writer even. That was something that, um, I mean, like leaving my corporate job to write, which wasn't really the real story. I mean, now it's only now that I'm talking about this, like with no filters. Because before I had to say like, yeah, I'm pursuing writing, but the truth is I wanted to surf every day. That was mm. the real truth. And I won't, and I just realized it right now, like this is this is in this interview that I'm saying this, like, yep, that's a real truth. Writing was a cover-up, although I love writing so much. 
but it was really surfing. Like I don't want people, I don't want to be like bossed around. I don't want to have to ask permission when to go on a vacation or a surf trip or whatnot. Like mm-hmm. I already had parents like in the Philippines. Um, we have a very strict like culture, um, a lot of purity culture, this lot of religious stuff. And so, but we are very, you know, um, sh- like really close knit family and, you when like I'm like you're expected to have like full obedience head on and so it was already tough getting to have to ask permission from my parents and you have to have another authority figure which is my boss I'm like no this is too much Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I don't know if I answered your question but I realized you know the bottom line sometimes for me um, when I kind of like attune success to an accomplishment and I achieve it when I get there, I realized that it wasn't what was going to bring me what I thought it would bring me. So even if like, yeah, I would say like, no, the moment I left corporate, I thought that was it. No. When I went to, when I achieved my goal of living by the beach, surfing every day, I thought that was it. Earning so much more as a freelancer than I ever imagined I would. That wasn't it. But now like pandemic happened, took away my job, took away like, oh my God, like 70% of my income. I don't know. I stopped counting now. <laughs> I know a year later, I'm like, how much did I lose again from this pandemic? You know, stop counting. So mm-hmm. I'll maybe like, don't ask me the numbers. I don't know. But it's not when I, I, I learned not to equate success with milestones in terms of like mm-hmm. accomplishments, accolades, financial stuff. Now for me, it's like, do I get to actually pursue the dreams that I've had ever since I was a child? And if I have an answer to no, then I'm not there yet. But it doesn't mean I can't celebrate what I have now. But if I know I'm working towards the goal or towards the dream, rather, that vision that I have, and you know, I have a lot, that list is kind of large. I'm <laughs> I'm being okay with that as long as I know that I'm working on my dreams, not mm-hmm. someone else's. Even if it takes me a while, I know I am. And it's kind of like you know you're stop you're not foreboding joy anymore you're celebrating the small things you have that lofty big goal but you know that small steps take you there and so that for me is again the better definition of success it's really like i say this thing and this thing and this means something different but i hope you got that <laughs> i loved all of that i got the chills and as so you you took the question out of my mouth because i was going to ask you what's your What's your definition of success now? And I love that going one step into the direction of your childhood dreams. That is so beautiful. I got the chills from that. I love it so much. (laughs) I don't even remember a bit, but I'm like, yeah, I said that. (laughs) Yes. I know whenever I do these podcast interviews or I mean, honestly, or any kind of live, I, it feels as though I'm just a direct channel and I don't remember what they, what they're like. Oh. And I listen to them afterwards and I'm like, damn, that was good. Uh, <laughs> so I thank you for letting there. this out. It's like, yes. we're just thinking here. I love it. We are. <laughs> we are. And I, I am so in love with the fact that there was that moment and I'd love to go back in that to that mm-hmm. moment if we can, but there was this moment where you're like, you know what? I want to just surf whenever I want to surf. So I'm going to do it like that. I, and I, and it goes along with this week, this week's theme for me has been if, well, it started with, started like a couple of weeks ago when I remembered 
um, I read in, in a book once that this lifetime is actually a vacation for the soul. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like we're, Powerful. we spend most of our quote unquote time, even though time doesn't exist, quote mm-hmm. unquote time as, as soulful entities in the ethers. This is our vacation. Oh, I just got the chills again. So what would you, I mean, it, are, when you're on vacation, do you spend the whole time worrying? Do you spend the whole time working or do you enjoy the culture? Do you make mistakes? Do you try new cuisines? Do you splurge on an excursion? You know, th- things like that. So I kind of watered that down. I guess not watered it down, but brought it down to each day. I ask myself whenever I'm in that, like, what do I do next? I ask myself, well, if I was on a retreat right now, what would I do next? And it's that same idea of, no, I, I just want to, like, I am here, Frina, I am here <laughs> to mm-hmm. surf because I love it. This <laughs> makes my heart so happy. So screw it. I'm going <laughs> to go surfing every single day that I can, every single day that the waves are cooperating. And if I need to tell the world mm-hmm. at this moment in time that I'm writing, which I am at the same time, then that's what I'm going to do. So I, I just wanted to celebrate that because that I felt that expansiveness when you shared, I wanted, I wanted to give myself permission to surf every day, even though I did not have the permission of my family at the time or the permission of my boss. I wanted to give myself that permission. And that's what I did. Uh, You say it so beautifully. I'm like, did I say that? You sure did. (laughs) That was, that was so, thank you for like, kind of like wrapping it up in a neat soulful galaxy theme bow (laughs) i love it (laughs) and it when while you were saying then i was listening to you repeat like mirror those words back with your own flavor i was thinking you know what at that time it didn't feel like i was giving myself permission it felt like i was even hiding the fact that i wanted to do those things for to appear quote good to appear responsible to appear i'm like not just, you know, quote, wasting my life away. And to be honest, when I left the corporate world, I've had a lot of that feedback from well-meaning family members, extended family, relatives, even coworkers, even peers. And they're like, you know, surfers are, I had a friend and I don't know if we're still friends. I think we're still friends, but we're not close anymore. (laughs) I think here we have this kind of argument over Viber saying that me, surfers are, like bums are irresponsible because they just surf every day. Mm. They're not out there earning work, like hustling, grinding, and kind of like, you know, doing real work. And I'm like, and I told it, and I think I told, I don't remember what I replied, but I think if I, I had a conversation again in this new me and <laughs> this me right now, I would be saying that, well, that's, that's okay. This is maybe for you, hustling, working hard is what gives you joy, what gives you life, it must give you meaning and purpose. And for me, it, it's like this. But I think before I had this desire that everybody would see surfing and the way I, um, how do I say this? Surfing and the way I live my lifestyle with surfing mm-hmm. in the center at that time. I wanted everybody to see it the way I did. And so I had that kind of desire that I expected everybody, or at least wanted them to understand it the way I do and it, it wasn't turning out well for me actually at that mm-hmm. time and so the initial the initial what do you call this one you know when you 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 share something it, it doesn't get received in the way you expect a tendency for us is to just hide it 
like, okay, retract this, you know, go low key, trying to be like the cool low key hipster. You don't know what I'm doing, but I'm having fun, you know, and it was serving me well. But I realized that if I wasn't sharing my work, you know, what I was really passionate about, not just surfing, you know, that's the facade. That's like, you know, like maybe the cherries on top. That wasn't like the core, the soul of why I'm doing what I'm doing. It was actually doing a pretty good disservice to I mean, the world, to my community that I'm building, that you know, or the people who were who are in my influence. I was just, you know, kind of being really selfish. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I think. Oh, I don't think so at all. It makes total sense to me that so so the story I'm hearing underlying is that in reality in in reality, you were seeking a greater connection to the oneness that we're all a part of by way of being with the water and riding the water. And what a beautiful reflection of like the ebbs and flows of, of, um, of entrepreneurship, of the coaching world, of writing, of being a true artist, right? One our, our mentor is, is all about being an artist and, and Mm. you feeling being, within that oneness with you, it's the ocean with me, it's the trees. Oh. You have that connection. You have that connection to source. You don't get that connection in corporate when you're hustling. Oh my gosh. Right. Even. Yeah. And even not just in corporate, but you know, I've, what I've learned for the past X years, like almost a decade out of corporate um, that you may take, yourself out of the corporate world but you can still have it in you because it's like mm-hmm. the system is so full and great like i would say in the philippines the culture it's so driven by you know the masculinity the numbers mm-hmm. the so the metrics the you know like there's this formula that you're supposed to follow and it's supposed to get you these results and you know you kind of like do something it's not working maybe i'm doing something wrong try again try again it's like you're not listening to yourself if that mm-hmm. feels good for you because you just follow what somebody else is, what else is doing, what they're doing because it apparently worked for them. And I've been guilty of that myself for so long. Like even as a freelancer, I recreated the corporate grind myself. And, I will, I, and it's no surprise that I realized like this is not working for me. Even when I started coaching, um, I really didn't want to be a business coach, but I found myself kind of like in that space where I was teetering on teaching people to do business. And that's also one of the things that kind of like put me on halt because I'm like, I know that money helps people find freedom, but that's not all there is to it. Mm -hmm. And I really believe in synchronicity that Mm -hmm. our universe, God, when you just surrender, you know, like, I don't know this. I know I just want to write and do this. You know, you have that one purpose that God has given you and you just follow that. Even if it doesn't make sense, even if everybody else around you is screaming, you've got to make money, you've got to hustle, you've got to be mm-hmm. responsible. But you know, like following that voice is just going to force things. Mm-hmm. And so you're basically swimming against current. It's, it's funny how God just provides and, you know, like you say, like, I don't want to teach people just how to make money, God. Like, I felt that. 
And I didn't want to just be teaching strategy after strategy. Like there has to be some kind of soul connection. There has to be kind of kind of like a deeper, deeper layer to all of this. How we design our lives, right? Or redesign it if you've kind of failed or kind of like, not really failed, I guess, but kind of like maybe pivoting or, you know, you thought this would work. Like, you know, redesigning is a mm-hmm. constant flux. And I'm, and I'm sure you yes. know that because like you told me yourself, you... I mean, your background from being in this like um, very structured way of like medicine or like for health or mm-hmm. like a medical field and realizing like, no, nope, I'm throwing the textbooks out. That did not resonate with me. That is yep. completely against the current as well. And that's also- I, I literally threw away the textbooks. <laughs> I actually <laughs> threw them away in the dumpster. And recently I threw out my white coat too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that is brave. <laughs> like, like double dot dot. Thank you. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know it. It. I, I'm. I'm loving this conversation, and I feel like with every every sentence you share, I have like a million questions for you. I. I'd love to know. because yeah, this is something that that's dear to my heart, and something that's at the surface mm. as well. You, you shared earlier that now you're, you're, I guess, um, fully embracing the fact that, yes, I, I'm writing and I love writing, but really I, I left corporate. I chose this path because I wanted to get back to Mother Ocean. I wanted to get back to the waves. Is this something that your family is aware of at this point too? Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So okay. one thing is that when I left the corporate world, I had their support. And I was just really, really blessed to have a family that supported mm-hmm. me, even if they didn't really understand. And, mm-hmm. at the, and you know, I didn't, when I left, you know, my story, I, like, if you hear, you know, from personal finance people to, you know, the trends, if you should, are you ready to leave your nine to five and all these things? If you threw your textbooks out the window, I tr- threw planning out like out, off board. <laughs> I didn't, I, the only thing I planned was that I had another job waiting for me that was remote that I could like earn income while I'm figuring mm-hmm. out how to earn a living as a writer. I didn't mm-hmm. even plan like I know now the wisest thing and I used it and then when I was coaching specifically to help other creatives other creative entrepreneurs leave the right to five was that you kind of like ease into it so you make sure like you mm-hmm. know the common ways like get income or be, have an income that supports you before you leave I just left entirely I didn't mm-hmm. even save <laughs> and I won't recommend that to anybody and I'm like now I'm thinking my dad could have told me to save up a bit. Nobody told me that. Nobody told me that. <laughs> oh, well, we are in the same boat because I did the same <laughs> thing. And and I was excited about leaving medicine. I I had a little bit of a savings, but not much. And <laughs> I and unfortunately at that time I was with a mentor who was very much like, take a giant leap of faith. You don't need a savings, just do it. You know, that's how you quantum leap, which is, oh gosh, it was so damaging because I still have that belief in my head sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I did, I did the same thing. I, and I agree with you. 
it, and this is a conversation I had on a, on a live yesterday with a dear, dear friend, actually Shannon Santangelo. <laughs> we did a live yesterday. I, love her. I know she's great. Um, so, you know, I, I took that leap and then it ended up being quite traumatic because I had to continue to make payments for this mastermind I was in at the time. And I didn't know where they were coming from. It, it certainly was, it was like ripping a bandaid off unnecessarily. At least that was mm-hmm. my experience. And I'm so glad you brought this up. There is nothing. So I want to drive this home for anybody who's experiencing something similar, ready to leave what no longer serves them, be it a, mostly a job, I guess, at this point. It's okay mm-hmm. to have a safety net when you make that yeah. leap because, yes, we're five-dimensional beings, but we're living in a 3D world. So it is not – you are not um, making decisions out of fear if you wait till you have six months of savings. If you wait or you to, um, to leap until you have like a freelance job that you can work mm. remotely while you're bringing in income and getting your business started, that's reality. It's very rare to just all of a sudden make six figures when you, when you leave your nine to five, if you've never done business before. If you've oh never gosh, built, I me mean, that. there's so much, there is so much involved in being an online entrepreneur. I mean, Instagram algorithms, websites, um, systems, uh, all the stuff that I, like, we are learning as we go. It's, it's interesting. There's, um, I don't, I'm sort of getting on a tangent here, but there's this pride around in medicine. There's this pride around being mm. quote unquote, lifelong learners, like mm. you, you claim, claim yourself. It's sort of like how kind of the same thing um, in the entrepreneur world, especially as heart-centered entrepreneurs that we are impact driven, right. Or mission driven. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we are, we certainly are, but there's like, it's, it's like that key phrase that gets thrown around sometimes um, unethically it's the same thing in medicine. Like I I'm in medicine because I'm a lifelong learner because science is always changing and we're always learning more. And I mean, I always identified with that, with that phrase lifelong learner. And then I felt really guilty and not guilty. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ashamed. I'd say ashamed. I mm. felt shame around the fact that I left medicine because I thought that meant I was no longer a lifelong learner. Mm. Nope. I'm learning as I go. As an entrepreneur, yeah. every there's always a learning moment, if it's on a soul level or if it's on a hashtag level. Like who knew there was so <laughs> much to know about hashtags? I, I got off of a, a call the other day we were learning systems and my current mastermind. And I said, I looked at my husband, mm. I'm like, did you hear any of that? I said, did you know I need 30, at least 30 hashtags in between 1000 and 500,000 likes in order. And if it's, <laughs> if it's over 500,000 likes and it has to be at the top or it's not going to be seen, <laughs> it's like all of these anyways, total tangent. My point mm-hmm. being, um, and I actually forgot my point is there's, we were ta- what were we talking about? Help me out. Lifelong learners, lifelong learners. And we can, so I think there is a, there is room for the masculine within, Mm. within entrepreneurship. Mm. It isn't just ebbs and flows. Oh, and I I was asking you, oh, that's what I was talking about. Yes. Six. (laughs) I'm all over the place. Evidently I had so much to say on this topic. Yeah. So it's really, I, I just want 
those who are on the fence right now of do I leave or don't I leave? Do I make this quantum leap? It is, it's a quantum leap, even if you have a savings, even if you've got a backup sure. plan. It is still a leap of faith. And the universe isn't going to say, eh, you're not that serious. It's it's not mm. because we are living it. in reality. So I just wanted to to preface that. And I apologize mm. for that. Waiting no till the cows come home. <laughs> no, no. I think that was really great because I think those, like, if I was listening to this podcast and I was choosing if I should, like, give me a sign to leave my nine to five, I think people needed to hear that. Like, I think our community needs to hear this more is that you're very right. There's so much glamour and kind of like romanticize the fact, just take the leap, zero savings, and I'm making six figures right off the bat. Um, it can happen, I'm not saying it can't, but if you actually have a job that isn't completely draining, completely killing you, like maybe yeah, you still have to go to the normal routine and all that. But if you can still stand your nine to five, go do your quote side hustles, but it's really your main hustle because it's your mm-hmm. passion. It's your passion project. And I call side hustles the, the real hustle. But fake hustle because I don't believe in the hustle culture <laughs> so yes. much yes. quotation marks in that sentence but start working on your passion project start working on your quote main hustle mm-hmm. main side hustle because eventually that's going to take off if you're going to have to maybe you know there's a cost to all of this maybe lose some a little bit more sleep you know mm-hmm. not going to hang out with your friends so much but who hangs out now unless you're vaccinated and you're like you know in a country where everything is like back to quote normal, but yeah, use this time to build on your quote safety nets. Because when you finally can leave your nine to five, you're going to realize that you're going to need more than just a safety net when you're going to like want to venture into entrepreneurship. You're going to want to able to keep also investing in yourself and learning, like you said, being a lifelong learner. And if you don't have, I mean, if you, if you don't have like that funds to continue investing at a different level than before, like you're gonna, I think you're gonna quantum leap your timeline as well. Even if you're, you know, you stayed in your job, but getting a mentor and you're like, poof, you already know what to do compared to leaving immediately and figuring it out. Cause you know, I can't afford, you know, a mentor right now because I forgot to have savings in place. Yes. <laughs> you know, all 100%. these things. So yeah, that uh, kind of like just, removing the mystery between a leaving jumping and all of these but if it's really draining you and if it's really toxic and if it's really causing you to lose your hair you know like it's having like physical manifestations of how awful that that job is it's literally sucking life out of you that please do leave find another find a replacement get yourself out there because there will be another thing that will really light you up it may not be exactly what you hope for but it's going to help you at least get your life back. Of course, disclaimer, always <laughs> go back to your own case scenario because yes. we're talking about our own experiences, but we exactly. just, I just had to say that. <laughs> no, I'm so glad we're having this, this conversation because it, it, I didn't know. I was like, yeah, of course, I'm really good at helping people. So I just hop on a call and I help them. I didn't know what the back end stuff looked like. I didn't know how much time and, and excess energy would take, right? Um it takes and, a I, lot. and I think, <laughs> you know, something that was really helpful while I was still in my nine to five 
and working on my main sad hustle <laughs> was um, my mentor had had suggested seeing the job because it wasn't, it, you know, certainly it was draining. I, I identify as an empath and I was in the hospital. So a lot of, there was a lot of energy leaks. Um, however, seeing, I, I wasn't, it was a really easy job. I was working in sleep medicine. So literally had five diagnoses that I had to work with. And I said the same thing every single day. I could even, I could even say it right now from, from like my, my head, just cause I said it so often anyways, seeing if, if it's not my point being, if it's not draining to the fact that it's killing you, mm-hmm. seeing your nine to five as your first investor Oh, yeah. in your new business can be a really radical shift. Oh, that's life-changing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Seeing it as, as the, the first investor in your business. And it's, it's interesting okay. taking this, that as the perspective rather than, Oh, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Yeah. Kind of feeling. Yes. I so agree. I so agree. Especially if it's a good paying job, it's got benefits. And if you still have that job amidst this pandemic, oh my. Yeah. And it's not killing you, as you said. You've got something good there. So why not that job is the one that is building your business? I think you got first success because you've got funds mm-hmm. to run it. And you can play with it, fail, learn new yeah. stuff without having to compromise your um, life. Um, what do you call this one? I call it your operating expenses, your life expenses, yes. your bills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't realize how many... how how many operating systems I would be using. And it's, it, you know, it's not, I don't want to use the word expensive, um, mm-hmm. but it was certainly not as affordable as I thought it was going to be mm. having all of these different systems in place. Anyway, shifting just a little <laughs> bit. I had mentioned like a long time ago, I'd love to go back to that moment when you decided enough's enough. And some, you know, certainly maybe it wasn't a moment, maybe it was a, a series of moments where you decided, okay, it's time for, for me to leap. It's time for me to make this bold move, even though it's scary. What was the, mm-hmm. what was the moment or series of moments that, that you put that line in the sand? What led you, what, what were, who, what was going on then? Mm. I think it's, um, a lot of different moments that have sort of the same thread in my life. So I left, actually, I left the corporate world twice. So mm-hmm. one was the first time. And then I went on a surf, surf the world, surf forever, perpetual surf trip for a few, like almost a year or like two years, I think, freelancing. Mm-hmm. You know, like literally happy with just being able to surf and not caring where the next, in how I'm going to make I don't even know how I survived it. Like literally, like you would see in the, the movies, like just leave everything, just go surf. I even survived a surf trip without having income for my job because I was being, you know, I have integrity. I said to my employer, then please don't pay me for this month. Don't don't give me the, the salary that you promised because I didn't really do a good job. I didn't want to mm-hmm. receive pay. I felt so awful because. But also, I realized now that part of me also felt guilty. I was doing the bare minimum work, but. I was too conditioned in the corporate world to like to be like, I need to earn this mm. money, blood, sweat, and tears. If I was having fun, I don't deserve that. 
Yes. And so I, wow. I had to wean myself off of that. So for three months, I said, don't pay me the amount you're supposed to pay me. But they paid me like the minimum. I'm like, it's okay. Because I felt that's what I deserved. Wow. Then. Yeah. But I was still able to go on surf trips, care of some friends. <laughs> and like, no, we like your company more. It's okay. Let's just sleep in the hammocks or whatever. You know, like mm-hmm. that surfer bum kind of life. Just you know, living, whatever, like basic, basic, basic. Um, so I, and then I went back to the corporate world because I had this, I had this desire to prove to myself that, um, like I still had the chops. I was still hireable, even if I was a freelancer, if I, you know, like wanted to, I don't know. I had this being a freelancer for so long, working remotely before remote was even as big as it is now. I felt that I, there was this bias, you know, I don't know if it's in the States, it was like that, but in the Philippines, when you work online, there's a certain bias that you're the kind of person who can't keep a job. You're that kind mm. of person who didn't graduate or because you can't get a real job, you're working online. Mm-hmm. And there was so much bias then and I, and I felt that I needed to prove myself, even if it was just proving to myself, maybe that was just it, but Maybe it goes deeper than that, like to just get that affirmation that I was good enough and that I could make it. And so I went, I moved to the um, to the capital city in, in the Philippines, Manila, and got a job there. Sur- surprise, surprise, as a content creator. Whoa, like well, that was <laughs> cool. <laughs> and in, in a corporate world, and now I'm like, why did I even do that? It was it felt like for so I stayed there for a year. I worked in corporate for six months, five to six months. And the whole time I was telling myself, what is the mermaid like me doing here in the big city mm. in this corporate, in this concrete jungle? I really don't fit in the way I dress, the way I carry myself. <laughs> like, look at mm. this. Like, but I was there because I thought that I wanted to be there because this is just the job of my dreams and just like I could compete with like you know I'm in a big city and then I realized one day that the same with the other um, the other first time that I left was that I just realized that it was really not for me I couldn't thrive so the main thread in all of these experiences was that it did not feel aligned and I had to had to suffer through the disalignment to realize that it wasn't just really aligned and I just was like, really didn't belong here. And I could survive, I could make it, I could even, you know, kind of like look like I was thriving, but I really wasn't. And I was glad I had that experience because I felt that I could actually, you know, guide someone because I was at all sides of the fence. I was in corporate, I was not, I went back in. like. I have been everywhere except getting a profession that required a board exam. (laughs) Don't recommend it. (laughs) Thank you. I won't won't get one. I don't want to go get to the hustle of studying again. But um, the common thread was that I realized that it was more of like each time I, uh, each time I kind of hit a dead end and I tried to force myself, find that hole to fit in. I had to just make my own hole or make my own way around it because apparently that wasn't where I belonged. Mm-hmm. And I think you can always also relate to this because there's just this kind of like thread amongst us, among Shannon, you, me, and you know, some of some of us who have gone on treading these paths where 
we just really don't fit in with the quote-unquote conventional society. We just mm-hmm. don't. And it takes, and I am so glad that you and I, we've, we're able to get out of that shell or whatever, or that rut or be that, that kind of like that, I wouldn't call it a pit, but for me, it felt like a pit. I was really stuck because I was trying to fit in something that I wasn't. And so whenever I feel stuck and I feel like I've hit a wall, that's a sign for me to stay, step back and see, do I need to leap? Do I need to pivot, reroute? And so I guess those are the kinds of moments that I say would, would lead up to me, not just like leaving my corporate job, but when I have to make tough life decisions, whether I have to say no to this and yes to another thing, always involves like, is this aligned? Does this feel like I can thrive here? Or does it, does it have to be so hard for me to fit in? Like those are some of like the conversations that I have with myself when it comes to like those moments. Oh, I am eating all this up because I feel like our conversation is totally coming full circle here. I, I, as you were speaking, I thought to myself, wow, I didn't, well, first of all, the word alignment to me before my spiritual awakening had to do with tires on a car. I didn't understand <laughs> what that meant to me personally. And I don't think I understood what alignment felt like until my awakening, until I felt something different. And for me, at this point, if I were to define alignment is this childhood nostalgia, this feeling of, yeah, my childhood dreams, like you had been saying yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, and, and it's okay for you. Cause I, you know, we relate in, in the same way because I, I went back to medicine, albeit mm. part-time I went back and th- I, I also want to share that that's okay too. That doesn't make you less, uh, less bold, less brave. Mm. If you mm-hmm. decide to go back and try it on again, it's kind of like trying on, I mean, I, the best way I could describe it is like your prom dress or your wedding dress. You, you know, you, you try one on, eh, I don't think it's that if the second one, you're like, Oh, I really like this. The third one's not as great as the second one, better than the first. Then the fourth one, you're like, I kind of like this, but I need to try the fourth one on. And then the second one, and then the fourth one again. <laughs> so then I know the second one is the right <laughs> Oh yeah. Sometimes it's like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's like that. For sure. For sure. Sometimes I love you need it. to just feel that situation again just to if that's what it takes to confirm. Because our, our our egos are funny, right? Our logic works mm. like that. You you need proof, mm. you need evidence. And yes. it's totally <laughs> fine to try that hat on again to see, okay, yeah, I was right the first time. I this is this is where I belong. Mm. And I wanted to add to that, like as someone who's always been writing and for kind of like not really lost track but because I've been writing so often it became such a normal part of me that I did feel it was special and then I just stopped so you know I became a corporate woman career and I was trying to find like what was really the thing that really lit me up the most and I know it's not I thought it was just surfing right but when I started surfing and the feeling, you know, the, 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 the supreme pleasure, the stoke that you feel when you're out in the waves, out in the ocean, and just in that, just being totally calm to being in the moment, I wanted to, to make that last forever. And surfing was actually the catalyst for me to realize that writing was, was that 
maybe was the purpose for me on this earth is a purpose for me on this earth and it never and i look at them as like two things and they're not one is not better than the other and so in like if we like last year was surfing was i think the forefront and now i had to take a step back because it's now time to fulfill your writing and i want to go back to what you said about childhood dreams because you know what you were talking about i just realized right most of us spend our lives burying all our childhood desires mm-hmm. and dreams so much that it just causes us to be miserable and we're wondering why even if we've achieved like all the money you wanted to make or all these accolades or like got married got kids or all these things that we thought would make us feel the same feel happy or you know achieved or successful if like i said um i would say it like this if let's say i achieved quantum crazy success in whatever i was doing before writing i would never be truly happy why because i've never got to publishing writing my book which is i'm still writing it now but at least i'm writing it now i'm doing taking it. the steps i'm taking action doing it i don't know when it's going to be released but i hope before my birthday by the end of this year in november targeting for that but we'll see not putting yeah let's put it out there targeting before my birthday it's a good birthday I gift to it. give to myself <laughs> but it's like we spend so much of our lives just ignoring the fact that we have these dreams that they're there for a reason when you were young and i think one of the happiest most fulfilled most full of people of wisdom and you know you just people who you just want to be around with are those people who have either are living their childhood dreams or are already working to accomplish it because there's mm-hmm. just there's just a different like feel or vibe to them and i want to be one of those people like i want to be at the end of the day or at the end of my life here say that you know what i at least i was able to write that book or at least i was able to know the feeling of what it is to surf every day or you know achieve the certain goal like you know like these goals behind me <laughs> um and so i I love it that you touch on the childhood dreams because I didn't even realize that for a moment that the direction that code of my life has taken I've as you know spiritually awakened like when you said about alignment and for me if it was cars for me it was like you know math stuff like on a grid oh. paper aligning you <laughs> know that was alignment yes <laughs> oh ugh, I got all the heebie-jeebies from that but yes <laughs> Oh, and, and, and I wanted to highlight the fact too, I kind of made the connection as you were talking. It's important to know that your child chasing after your childhood dreams isn't, isn't being lazy. It isn't, they aren't pipe dreams because when we're children, we are the closest we were to our soul's essence. Cause we just came here. So we, mm. we know we have these dreams because this is what we're here to do. And it's so fresh in our minds as children. And so chasing after that, I call it childhood nostalgia, but it's really that soul remembrance. That's that fire in your belly leaping from, I used to have, I don't know why I'm getting this vision right now, but, and when I was younger and I still do it occasionally in my dreams, but I used to fly in my dreams and it would come from my solar plexus. Like that would be where my energy came from. Uh, so my my point being is falling back into your childhood nostalgia, falling back into your the, those dreams isn't nonsense. It's actually your life's work. 
You don't need to make sense of it. It is what it is because when you were a child, you were the closest to, to heaven, to your soul at that point. And it was fresh in your mind. And that's why it feels so good now. Mm, totally. I, I'm like at the verge of tears, like listening to that. Cause it's so beautiful. And we just, I don't know. Like, I just feel that for like the almost like more than a decade of my life, it's like, you try to be grown up, trying to be, you know, an adult. And when you get to being an adult, it's like, what the hell? I want to go back to being a child. It was so much mm-hmm. more fun. And the good thing about knowing that now is you can still live in childlike wonder. You can live a child, like, you know, as artists, we have our own inner child, artist child mm-hmm. that we can nurture. And it is something I'm also learning day by day. And um, I, 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 I have this thing now where I'm like, right, I'm going to just say it to the world. Like, I view this the spiritual awakening for me is the awakening of my creativity, is the awakening of um, allowing myself the energy to create and to share and to spread. And for so long, it's I've been trying to create for, com- coming from a source that wasn't you know the ultimate source and therefore it would eventually fizzle out. And for a while, I thought I almost lost that writing, but saying, you know, about childhood dreams, it's our soul's essence because we were just brought into this world. I think it just adds another dimension to really chasing. And sometimes when you just want to say, like, when you achieve, you may have some silly, silly dreams, quote unquote, but, you know, the joy of achieving them. And even if you just have to achieve them for the sake of achieving them, you can move on with your career and life, but you can, you know, live a life in peace knowing that, yeah, I got to be a librarian for a day or, you know, I was finally able to put my mouth under McDonald's Sunday maker. And do that. Like, sometimes <laughs> oh my God. That sounds like it came from experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. Th- those all, those all count. Even the silly ones. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, Farina, it's been like uh, this has been, I, I tell every single every single episode. I'm like, this has been my favorite, but it's been so <laughs> much fun. I think we we covered so much. Oh my gosh, just so much. And at the mm. same time, we really didn't gloss over the important things either. We we had that depth. I'd love to know where people can find you and what's coming up next for you. Where can they find you and and um, any sort of things that you're you're um, sharing with the world now that they can bite into? Mm, I love that you're asking that. And I usually would say, I'm hanging out on Instagram, which is my favorite place to be. Not anymore. <gasps> surprise, <gasps> surprise. What? Oh, no. <laughs> because everybody's on Instagram. Scandalous. Well, I'm, I'm still on Instagram. It's at Farina Santos. But I've taken a step back because... As an artist, as a writer, I'm really into writing my book, but I don't want to be cut off completely from the world. And so I am about to, well, I'm already ha- I already have a, like, um, I don't know what's the term to use yet, but I do send out a weekly email with mm. the biggest things that I'm learning that week. And I have this slogan that creative living is a spiritual business. So if you believe in that, you really, we might want to join my list. Yeah. <laughs> so I am, I am into, I am into 
obviously creativity and writing and aligning that spiritually. So whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're, but if you are, you're not or a writer or you're creative or not, if you're ready to just stop trying to fit in and try to, and if you stop, what I'm trying to say is if you're tired with how, you know, going, I'm not sending you strategies. I'm not sending you how to grow your Instagram following, how to garner freelancing. I'm telling you how to live more spiritually and creatively day by day. <laughs> That's where I'm at. So um, you can find me. You can, you know, check it out on my website. Uh, it'll be launching soon and Instagram. But yeah, basically, Method or just hit me up via email because I recently just love being on emails. The connection is crazy and I'm trying to wean myself off of Instagram. But okay, long-winded answer. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on my website. (laughs) Or you can find me on my email. I'll reply and I will read everything you send because I just love doing that. (laughs) Mm, Or they can find you riding the waves. Oh, yeah. For now, I'm in the mountains. Oh, I'm now in, you're in the mountains. Like, yeah, 5,000 feet above sea level. Mm. And if you're in a tropical country like the Philippines, you get fog at 4.30 p.m. and uh, fog in the morning. And like, that's crazy because we're a sunny, sunny, sunny mm. island country. But if it's going to be like the wintertime or burr months, you can find me in the ocean. And I'm not going to tell mm-hmm. you where because I want to keep it a secret. So there's not yeah, going to be any secret. crowds or you go there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you're going to get all the spots. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm so excited to hear when this book comes out. I'm so excited to read it. And Farina, I can't thank you enough for this conversation. It's been deeply healing for me. And I, I, I just love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. Oh my gosh. This was really like, I had no expectations coming into this episode, into this um, interview. I just said, I just want to have fun. And I saw you did one with Shannon and I was like, I'm excited. And I am so glad we met. I am so glad you put yourself out there. We got to connect and thank you so much for having me. This has been like an a healing session for me in a way because I got to remember all these things and look at them in a different light and this is actually the first interview that I have in the farm in the mountains and I'm happy that it actually happened yeah there was no there was no stops there's and 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 no weird internet things and we've been on video this whole time too which is just icing on the cake so this yes. was meant to be, there was a message or messages meant for the universe to have. And I'm so yeah. glad we had it together. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your questions and for your podcast and for you and the work that you do. Thank you. I can't wait to get to know you on a deeper level and continue to keep this